Luke chapter number 17. We give honor to God ahead of our lives. To Bishop Dumas and his wife, his family, to my wife, Jennifer. We appreciate all the love that was shown to us on yesterday. And my mom is here, y'all. Y'all can clap for my mom. I appreciate my family being here, my sister, to all the elders, the ministers, the deacons, to everyone, musicians. We say praise the Lord. Luke chapter number 17, verse 17 through 19. Luke 17, 17 through 19. And when you have it, just say, I got it. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I'm going to read that last verse again. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith. Everybody shout faith. Hath made thee whole. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for gathering us here for no other reason than to magnify you, for you to get the glory and for our edification, Jesus. Father, we ask that someone be blessed today by this word. We ask God that you bless them. And if there be any sick among us, Jesus, that you heal their bodies. That Jesus, if any, be bound. And today, let them go free. And Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I'll be coming from a topic that is simply, I believe God. I believe God. Can we, can we repeat that? I believe God. I believe God. In the beginning of this chapter, Jesus addresses his disciples by discussing and teaching on a few topics. The first being temptations. The second 
being correction and forgiveness. The third being faith. And the last being service. Jesus in verse 1 says, it is impossible that offenses will come. It is impossible, but that offenses will come. It's not, they might come. It's not a maybe. It's, they will. The word offenses here, in the Greek, translates to a word that means a stumbling block or temptations. In fact, some translations will substitute the word offenses for stumbling block or temptations. A stumbling block is a trap. It is something that was used purposely to make one stumble and fall into a hole or into a ditch that they would be permanently trapped in for consumption. Now, temptations, stumbling blocks, meaning the same thing in this text, Jesus is saying that it will come. Now, he does not say that you will fall, but he does say, that there will be temptations that come among you. It is important to understand that everyone in here, no matter who you are, no matter how long you may have been saved, no matter how long you may have been walking with the Lord, you will be tempted. James 1 and 14 says, that every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. In other words, temptations always start from one's own desire. It is important to understand that the devil is never going to tempt you with something that you don't like. Otherwise, it's not tempting. But every temptation that he brings your way, guaranteed it started on the inside of you. That means... That if every man is somewhat tempted, that if everyone has the ability to fall, and let me add that when Jesus was taken in the desert, he was taken to be tempted of the devil. This means that if even Jesus can be tempted, what do you think about you? 
That is why it is imperative that one, we mortify the deeds of ourselves, but two, that we pray one for another. It is crucial that for the sake of your brother and sister, that you understand that it is not time to pick up a stone. No, 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 no. It's not time for you to pick up the stone, to stone your brother and sister in every fault that they may fall in. Because truth be told, you have some faults of your own. No, 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 no. It's, it's not time to pick up your stone to throw it at each other, but you must uplift your brother and sister. You must pray for them that their strength and that their faith fail not in times of trial. Jesus makes it understood here that every man will be tempted. After dealing with temptations, he then talks about forgiveness and correction in verse 3. This here is important because even in our temptations and faults, we must understand that there also has to come correction. And with correction has to simultaneously come forgiveness. I cannot try to correct you, and then when it's time for you to be restored, not forgive you for what it is that you have done. Correction and forgiveness must be used together. Now, when Jesus says in this text, take heed to yourselves, if thy brother trespasses against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, Forgive him. Now, he is not saying that your forgiveness here is contingent on them coming back to you. Some of us are still waiting for somebody to say sorry before we forgive them. No, ma'am, no, sir. You, this person in your life, has gone on with their lives has no intentions of coming back to you saying sorry, has no intentions on coming back and apologizing, and you still holding on the beef that happened to you in high school. The devil is a liar. You must learn that I must forgive no matter what. For Jesus says to Peter, in Matthew, he says that you are to forgive those that trespass against you 70 times 7. He says, he says that you are to always forgive those that do wrong and trespass against you. Not only does he tell you to forgive them, he takes it a little farther in another book and says that you are to love your enemies. He says, he says that not only, not only do I forgive them, 
But he says, I also have to love them. I have to love the one that mistreated me. I have to love the one who did wrong against me purposely. And Jesus wants us to understand that my forgiveness is not contingent, but it is always proper for correction. Please understand that in Christ, there is no condemnation. However, there is in Christ correction. For we are to understand that correction is what helps us grow in our faith and in Christ. Without correction, we are weak in our, and in our weakness, we cannot edify the body of Christ effectively. For Ephesians 4, 15 through 16 states, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint so that it builds itself up in love, meaning that Truth must be spoken in my life. I cannot get mad just because somebody told me the truth. I cannot get mad because somebody told me about my own sins and about my own mess. No, no. I must take correction just as much as I seek Forgiveness can the church shout hallelujah. After he makes the statements about temptations, and after he makes the statements about correction and forgiveness, the disciples perplexed in regards to Jesus' great ask. Perplexed because he is asking them to do something that quite frankly is very, very hard. He's asking them to continuously forgive in spite of the offenses that come our way. He is asking us to continually forgive despite someone doing us wrong. He is asking us to forgive even though what they did to us was tragic. And the disciple says, he says, Lord, increase our faith. He says, he says, he says to increase our faith. Why? Because Jesus, what you are asking us to do is a great task. What you're asking us to do is heavy. What you're asking us to take on has never been taught to us before, Jesus. And, and if you want us to forgive all those who trespass, I must say this again because I feel it in my spirit. Jesus wants us to forgive all. Huh? huh? All those that trespass. Not just your family. Not just your friends. Not just the ones you're close to. He wants you to forgive all. All means all. Not you pick and choose based off of the relationship that may have been established. No, no. He says you are to forgive all. And the disciples having to take on this great task, they asked Jesus, increase our faith. 
increase, increase our faith. Jesus, we need, we need, we need a little bit more faith. But Jesus' response now is not that he will increase their faith. He does not say, he does not say that I will grant you more faith. No, no. He says that all you need to do what I need you to do is a small mustard seed of faith. He says, he says, I don't need you to have big, huge faith to do what I'm asking you to do. I don't need you to have the greatest faith the size of the ocean to do what I need you to do. No, he's saying that all I need from you is just a little tiny seed of faith. He says, he says, he gives, he gives of an example of what a small tiny seed of faith would do. He gives, he gives an example and he says that if you just had a small morsel of faith, if you had just the tiniest seed that can be uh, known to man-sized faith, that you would be able to say to this sycamine tree or this mulberry tree to be plucked up and cast into the sea. Now understand here that this type of tree, it is a tree that is deeply rooted. It can grow up to 20 feet tall. It is a giant tree that roots run deep down into the earth. One passage of scripture, Jesus says that if you had mustard seed faith, that you would be able to move mountains, that you would be able to say to this mountain, be thy removed and cast into the sea. He says that all I need for you to do is to have just a little bit. That's, that's all I'm asking for you, from you, to do the miraculous in your life, to do the impossible in your life. All I'm asking is just a little bit. God, he's asking just for a little bit. He's asking just for a little bit. Is there anybody in here that has a little bit? Just, 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 uh, uh, just a little bit. That's, that's all Jesus has been asking from you is just a little bit. You've, you've been trying to make these big huge plans and and you've been trying to do this big huge faith and God is saying that all I'm asking from you is to believe me a little bit just 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 a, a tiny bit do do you believe a tiny bit that I can do it for you do you believe just a tiny bit that I I can hear your body do do you believe just a a little bit just a, just a little, just, just a little, just a little. That's all he's asking for is, it's just a little bit. And Jesus, and Jesus, he moves from faith. He goes to servitude and he asks them, he tells them that, that your service should be unto God. 
He tells them that your service ah, should be unto him and for his glorification. And, 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 and after he gets done with this, we go to our text. After he gets done teaching his disciples, he, he gets us to our text. And the text is, is that Jesus is walking and it is on his journey. He's walking on his journey and he is going through Samaria and Galilee. As he's walking through Samaria and Galilee, the scripture says that, 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 that there's ten lepers. There's ten lepers. They, they've banded together. And he is met, he is met by these lepers. And these lepers, they are crying out to Jesus, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They say, they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They say, they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have you ever been so desperate? Have you ever been in such a bind that all you wanted God to do was to show you a little bit of mercy? And all you was asking for God to do was to show you a little bit of mercy. And after Jesus, they, these men, they cry out unto God. He tells them, he tells them, he tells them to leave and go show themselves to the priests. Now, we must understand that leprosy is, uh, uh, has many definitions. There's many categories of what leprosy could be. There's many categories of what leprosy could be in one's body. But we understand in Leviticus 13 that there is rules and regulations for somebody that has leprosy. We understand that if you were found with leprosy, you could not go among the people. That you have to separate oneself. Not only could you not go around just people in general. You couldn't stay in the same house as your family. You couldn't stay in the same quarters that your friends and your loved ones stayed in. And, and not only that, you had to cover and rent your clothes so that whenever someone saw you, they knew that there was something wrong on the inside. Not only, not only, not only were they separated, not only did they have to rent their clothes? But the Bible says that every time they were in the middle of coming in contact with somebody, the Bible says that they had to cry out, unclean, 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 unclean. Every time they came in close proximity of anybody, they had to shout out what was wrong with them. Every single time they came in contact with anyone, they had to let everyone know what was going on with him. Ooh, I, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that, that God does not require me to share all my business with everybody. Mm -mm. I, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that, that God did not display my junk to everybody. That God did not call out 
my sins in front of everybody. And if truth be told, you ought to be glad too. Uh-huh. Uh, you ought to be glad too. You, you ought to be happy that God does not require you to come in the temple and cry out your sins amongst everyone. That he doesn't require you to call out your mess in front of everybody. And these men, they, they, they in desperation cry out for Jesus. These men, these men in desperation, they cry out to him wanting their deliverance. These men, these men, they banded together in their misery. They banded together in their sickness and in their illness, seeking God for more for their lives. And if I am going to band together with anybody... If we are going to connect in any way, there must be an understanding that I am not going to stay the same. If we're going to connect because we have similar stories and if we are going to connect because we have similar situations, then I must understand and you must understand that, that I do not plan to stay the same and that everyone connected to me must understand that my goal is to be better than I was before. If that is not the understanding, then I am not going to join in misery. For misery loves company. Sometimes misery loves being bound together. Sometimes, sometimes misery wants to stay in misery. Sometimes, sometimes we choose to say sad over the same old stuff that happened to us in our past. Sometimes we choose that, that we're going to stay defeated. No ma'am and no sir. If we are going to be together, if you are going to be connected to me, there has to be a general understanding that all of us are going to Jesus. It has to be. It has to be an understanding that all of us are going to get better through the mercy of God. Can the church shout hallelujah? I got to hurry up here. And so then, Jesus, he then approaches them. Now understand that in this particular text, that the lepers, they cry out for Jesus. But Jesus does not give them instructions until he sees them. The Bible says, that he saw them and then gave them instructions. This means that while the lepers were trying to keep 
their distance that while these lepers were trying to keep their distance from the master they did not want him to be infected with their illness but while they were trying to step further hallelujah while they were trying to step further while they were trying to step further away from Jesus Jesus was stepping closer to them Jesus Jesus I hear your God he says he says it's not until he saw them which means that Jesus he hears their cries and at their cries Jesus steps towards them I am so glad that while everybody else was keeping their distance Jesus decided to come close to me can the church shout hallelujah Jesus, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that while everyone else knew my mess, while everyone else understood my sins, that Jesus did not run from me, that Jesus did not run from my illness, that Jesus did not run from my mistakes, that Jesus did not try to separate himself from them but when Jesus heard their cry Jesus took a step closer to them may I remind some of you that while you may think that Jesus never heard you that while you may think that Jesus never heard your prayer that while you may think that Jesus never heard your cry his ears are not closed his eyes are not shut but he's getting ready to step in your situation can the church child glory I got to get ready to close the scripture says that he gives them some instructions that these men after crying out in faith after crying out in their misery after crying out in their defeat that Jesus he then gives instructions understand that your next miracle could just be on the other side of your obedience oh Jesus I know it may be rough I know you may not feel like it I know you may feel defeated but if you're going to be what God wants you to be then you're going to have to learn the simple instructions will still work in your life God is asking will you obey even in your defeat even in your illness even in your sickness will you still obey can the church shout glory 
I got to get ready to go. But the scripture says that as they begin to go, as they begin to follow God's instructions, that as they begun to do what he said, the scripture says that as they begin to walk, the leprosy started clearing up all over their bodies that it started being removed from head to toe and they they begin going to the priest I gotta close but the scripture says that as they begin to make their way to the priest there was one man there was one man that said hold up wait one minute I know how I was when I came to him as I started walking everything started clearing up on me he began to run back to Jesus and he said he said master I thank you master I praise you master I glorify you he falls to his face and starts giving God glory he falls to his face and starts magnifying God and Jesus he says to the man he says wait one minute didn't I heal ten of y'all where in the world is the nine this therefore proves that the other nine wanted to be healed just on the outside but the one But the one that came back didn't want to be healed just on the outside. But he wanted his miracle on the out and the in. And so there, when he encounters God, he expressed his faith. And Jesus says to the man, not only have you been healed, but sir, I've made you whole. In other words, I'm getting ready not just to heal your sickness, but the unforgiveness in your heart. I'm getting ready to cure the damage emotionally that they did to you. I'm getting ready to heal that too. The mind damage that went through when you had to go through. Your heart is difficult. I'm getting ready to heal everything on the inside just like I did on the outside. I got to go but I believe God not just for outside miracle but I believe God for inside miracle I believe God will heal my soul I believe God will make me whole I believe God will take away depression I believe God will take away my anxiety I believe God will make a way is there anybody? Is there anybody that's in here 
believe God by your breakthrough. Is there anybody in here that will for your miracle? God sent me here to remind somebody he's getting ready to make ways. He's getting ready to cure the heart. He's getting ready to do an inward work. God says that the man expressed his faith when he came and he gave God glory. Can we express our faith by giving God glory? Can we express our faith by giving God praise? Can we express our faith by giving God and out of your mind praise? Open your mouth. Open your mouth and give God glory.
to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Just now. Just now. Come to Jesus. Just now. Jesus. saving business are you here and will you come Yeah.